It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We're so thankful to have the opportunity to open up God's Word and study Scripture with you. Thereby, we can understand what God's will is for our lives. And hopefully, prayerfully, we can help you come to a better understanding of what God wants you to do with your life, how he would have you to follow him if you would be faithful to him. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Pretty succinct. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, John puts it pretty similarly. This in this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Now, there are a whole lot of people out there today who believe that they're walking with God, and they'll talk about how much they love God and how strong their faith is, when in reality, all the time, they're walking away from God. They're not living faithfully. They're not keeping his commandments. They're not following his teachings. They're simply mouthing empty praise and empty dedication in the words that they're saying. Don't be like that. We hope, and again, we pray, that as you study with us each day and search the scriptures, that as you learn God's will better, that you're implementing it in your life and that you're coming closer to him and that you will ultimately make that decision to follow him his way. That is our prayer. It's always a blessing for me to be here to study with you along with my brothers, my brothers in Christ, Dennis Stackhouse and Dwayne Kennedy. Dwayne, good to be back with you today. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be with you also. You know, if you are guessing about your knowledge of God, we encourage you to search the scriptures. On this program, Search the Scriptures, we aim to help you do that, to find out what God's word actually teaches. We ask you to stop guessing about your salvation and know what the word of God says. Know how he tells us to come to him in faith, repenting of our sins, being baptized for the remission of sins, and living a godly life according to the commandments of God. These are the things that God calls us to do for salvation, and we want you to understand that. We are glad that you are continuing with us. Hope that you will do so in the future. It's good to have you. Thank you for listening. Dennis? Thank you, Duane and Gary. I'm certainly very privileged to be part of this ministry with both of you and have this opportunity once again to be on Search the Scriptures and to take the time to study from God's Word together. You know, you were so right in just uh, your comments a few moments ago, Gary, talking about how important obedience is. And I was reminded of a statement made in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. This is regarding Jesus. We're told there, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand Jesus is the author of salvation only if we obey him. Yes. Now, certainly the offer is for all mankind of all time, but not everybody is going to respond to it. We need to express obedience to God through his teachings in order to become partakers of the blessings that he so magnificently bestows upon us. 
Obedience is essential, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely essential. And we should get that from that particular text in Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9. We should. If Jesus had to go through that process of learning obedience, mm-hmm. and it certainly wasn't for his sake. No. It was for our sake. That's right. Then we ought to understand how important obedience is for us. Yes. It is, and we need to also understand that the teaching that may be preached concerning doing nothing for our salvation, that is, just allowing ourselves to be saved, that's not from God. God's word calls us to follow his word, and God will lead us by both his command and Jesus' example to the Heavenly Father. Absolutely. And in fact, John writes in Second John verse 9 that whoever transgresses and does not abide in. Now that word abide means to live in. That's right. That's an ongoing basis. The doctrine of Christ, the doctrine is the teachings of Christ, does not have God. That's right. Mm-hmm. So if you want to walk with God, you've got to live by his teachings. You've got to live by his teachings. Obedience is part of our part, Mm -hmm. our response to his offer of salvation by his grace. Mm -hmm. Now let's get back into our study on discouragement. And we've been looking at this, hopefully and prayerfully, we've been been trying to get this across. and, And again, the prayer is that it's been effective in such a way as makes sense and is relative to our listeners on a personal basis. All of us face discouragement mm-hmm. in one kind or, uh, of one kind or another at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Some of us may feel like we find more discouragement in our lives than others, but all of us find discouragement. Yes. It's part of life, I think. Yes. But where we have to be careful is that we don't let the, le- the devil use discouragement against us effectively so that we end up in our discouragement turning away from God. When we do that, we open the door to the devil so that he can walk into our lives more fully and have his way with us. We we need to not let him use discouragement to bring us down, to pull us away from God. And we've been looking in Psalm 42, and this particular psalmist talks about how He longs to be with God. He compares that longing as a deer panting for the water brooks. And he says, so pants my soul for you, O God. He talks about how his soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 42. I think when he's asking that question, when shall I come and appear before God, he's probably talking about when am I going to be able to go to the house of worship right? Mm-hmm. with the assembly. Yes. But he, he's, he's, he's not just frustrated, he's discouraged. He is in despair. He says in verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night. In verse 6, Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. But then he asks the question that I think should be a probing one for us. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, and so on. 
uh, and oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I need to come down to verse 9. Why do I go, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Mm-hmm. It, it, he, he has the feeling that God is, has turned away from him. Yes. Well, probably, and, and certainly I think we would say if he was one of the captives during the period of captivity in, in, among the, the Israelites, they turned away from God. Mm-hmm. Right. They turned away from God, and God allowed their enemies to capture them and remove them from the promised land, mm-hmm. from their homeland. Yes. And so back in verse 6 again, when he says, my soul is cast down, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and so on. He's remembering home. He's not there. Mm-hmm. He's cut off from it. And oh, how he wants to be back there. Yes. The sense seems to be, that's where you are, God. Mm-hmm. I want to be back there with you. Now that may indicate a short-sighted view of the, of, the, of, of the omnipresence of God. But that seems to be something along the line probably of where his mindset was. Mm-hmm. I'm a captive. I'm removed from my land. And I want to be back there with you, God. That's right. Now, we saw some similar sentiments being expressed by David in Psalm 63, verses 1, and also verses 6 through 8, where David talked about being in a dry and thirsty land and how he longed to be with God, Mm -hmm. thirsted for him, he said. And we talked about how David found himself repeatedly in some pretty trying and challenging circumstances. Enemies coming at him, you know, over and over again, even from within his own family at one point. Mm -hmm. But David was basically deep down, bottom line, always devoted to God. He certainly made some mistakes, Mm -hmm. but he's always devoted for God, uh, to God. He was, and it's, you know, it's really instructive for us, Gary, that later on in Scripture, he's described as a man after God's own heart. That's right. And I think that is indicative of what you're saying. Yes. Now, I get a different impression, though, as to the reality of this psalmist in Psalm 42. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect that, that he was either a prisoner of war or he was among the Israelites who were removed from the land because of their unfaithfulness to Mm -hmm. God. And that, you know, again, that's a reality. We talked about how so many people today, they ask the same question, basically. Things get bad for them. Things go wrong. They get discouraged. And they start asking God, why have you left me? Why have you Mm -hmm. forgotten me? Why have you let me down? Why have you not answered my prayers? Mm -hmm. In some cases, they challenge God. They charge him. They accuse him. Why did you do this to me? And, And once again, just as with the Israelites in the period of captivity, it's not God who walked away from you at least not initially, it's mm-hmm. you who walked away from God. That's right. People want the blessings from God. They want God's presence in their lives in a positive way without making the commitment. Right. Mm-hmm. 
without having to live the faithful life. Yes. And then when they suffer the consequences of their unfaithfulness, then they start blaming God or asking, why, why, where are you? What, what did you do? Why did you let this happen? I prayed to you. Why haven't you answered my prayers? <laughs> well, maybe his answer is no, That's not right. until you become faithful. Mm -hmm. Well, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. And how about reading verses 23 through 25, Dwayne? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Just a second, almost there. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Yes, yes. Now, let's keep this particular verse, let's keep our finger here, or, or at least the, the finger in our mind here, and let's go back to Psalm 42 and make a comparison here. Let's read verse 4, Dennis, of Psalm 42. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Now, the house of God would have been the temple, wouldn't it? It would. And so he's remembering again. Now, in our last program, we talked about how in verses 6 through 8, he talks about these things back home, how he remembers the hills and, and you know, he remembers the, the heights of Hermon and, Hermon and the land of Jordan and so on. Well, he's remembering when he was able to go with the assembly to the house of God, to worship God mm -hmm. with right. the people. Right. And oh, he would love to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, how different it is for so many people when we come back to Hebrews chapter 10 and we think about what Dwayne just read in verses 23 through 25. And we need to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Right as God's people. And how many people find themselves Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, either not even thinking about attending the church services with the church or continually making excuses for why they're not going to be there. Right. Finding themselves too busy to go. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm too busy interests. or they're tired or they just don't feel good. Now, we're not talking about people who are genuinely ill in some way or in some way they're, they're injured or they're, they're not able to be there, not physically able to be there, but just people who just make all kinds of excuses. Mm-hmm. Just all kinds of excuses. Mm -hmm. I had to work all week. This is my only day to sleep in. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Oh, sure. You know, uh, this, I've got to go see Aunt, Aunt Harriet, you know, or Grandma and Grandpa. Well, there is day after church services. You know, you could go afterwards, <laughs> couldn't you? Uh, but see, we just make all kinds of excuses. But when we come together, that's an expression of our faith and our dedication, and how careless it is for us to neglect 
our not only responsibility to worship God with the church, but our privilege mm-hmm. to do so. Amen. And that 23rd verse is really instructive in that regard, I think. The writer said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. In other words, we do need to be dedicated. We need to be committed. We need to be steadfast. And then he said, for he who promised is faithful. Yes. God is faithful. Yes. He's not going to be unfaithful. We need to emulate that same kind of attitude in our lives. Absolutely. And I know that some people might say, well, I don't have to be at church services to, be, to have faith in God. Now you're just looking for loopholes here, my friend. Why? Mm-hmm. You're, you're blowing smoke right now. You're looking for excuses. That statement is an indication of a lack of commitment to God. And it denigrates the church. It does. I mean, it puts it down, and, and people say that probably without realizing the church was a part of God's eternal purpose. That's right. Yes. yes. It's not an insignificant, unimportant institution. It was not only a part of God's eternal purpose, but it was a part of God's eternal plan for our salvation. That's right. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. And we can go further and say the church is the body of people that Christ died for. Yes. And we can go further to say that that is a part of the plan that God made for our salvation. God, when we are baptized, that is when we receive the word of God and are baptized, God adds us to the church. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 47. Yes, yes. And the church is the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. Ephesians 1, verses 22 and 23, and Colossians 1 and verse 18. Mm -hmm. don't, Don't look for excuses. How sad it is, how tragic it is for someone to cut themselves off from the, not just responsibility, but the privilege of worshiping God with his people until the point that they are forcibly cut off from being able to worship God mm-hmm. with the people. Now, that's where our psalmist found himself. Right. He was cut off from being able to worship God. Mm-hmm. And very possibly, as we've, as we've posed a scenario, at least if he was among those captives, that might have been because of the unfaithfulness of Israel as a whole. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go back to that 42nd Psalm and, and finish it up. And let's read verses 5 and 11, Dennis. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And then verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. So, all the way through this psalm, we have looked at the problem the man was having, Mm -hmm. his discouragement, the reason, perhaps, for his discouragement. He felt that he was somehow cut off from God. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it was just from the fact that he wasn't there in the land any longer. But very possibly, it had to do with a general unfaithfulness. Mm -hmm. And so, he's cut off from God. But now he finally, and he's got these enemies continually taunting him and 
and mocking him. Where is your God? Why did he let you be here like this? Why did he cut, you know, walk away from you? Is he, that, is he that powerless that he couldn't have saved you? Those kinds of things. But he finally, here in these last verses that you read, Dennis, in verse 5, and again down in verse 11, he finally gets it, doesn't he? Yes, yes he does. Here's the answer to my discouragement, he says. Hope in God. I've got to turn back to God. Yeah. That's the answer. That's the answer. I can, I can get back up by turning back to God. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people need to find themselves today. They may find themselves wallowing in the throes of discouragement, but you don't have to stay there. Now, you may not be able to, to uh, make it out of that on your own, but God is willing to help you if you'll turn back to him. Mm-hmm. He's willing to give you the way and to help bring you out of that discouragement, to forgive you of your unfaithfulness, of your sins. But you've got to come back to him. You've got to repent of those sins. You've got to seek his forgiveness. We do hope that you will contact us and ask for that free Bible study. Let us send that to you. It is absolutely free. We'll even pay the postage both ways. And We'll send it to you, and you can look right into the Scriptures and see how you can walk faithfully with God, how you can be assured of his presence with you and his promise that he won't leave you as long as you do not leave him. We can also be glad to send you a copy of today's program or any of the programs and search the Scriptures for free. We'll put it in a CD, send it to you, and we'll pay the postage. All you have to do is contact us and ask us for either of these or both of them, the study and the CD. They're yours for free. Don't walk away from God. Don't remain in your discouragement. Let God help, and let us help you find that help from God. We hope to hear from you today.